All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. All right, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. I screwed everything up because I was talking behind the scenes there. Uh, so we are live. Thank you for joining us live. We've got a full house today. We're going to do some board topics. Um, but first, let's do some news. Daniel, Mark, you guys have some news, don't you? Yeah, we we were invited by a Swedish podcast to do an episode. Uh, they're doing sort of a summer holiday episodes where different uh, hosts uh, get get to do a show, and we were invited. So we did an episode on guitar riffs, Kiss guitar riffs, and it will be. Uh, I think they will. Well, there's actually just a few hours until they release yeah. it. So I, I think it will be released in like four. Three, four, five hours, something like that. Yeah, the 18th so, of August. Uh, yeah, but but it's you know it's all screwed up with different time zones and yeah, everything. Yeah. So 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 it's uh, I think it's like in four or five hours. So uh, it's in the morning over here, uh, and it's uh, the podcast called Let Me Know, which we have collaborated with a bit. That they've been on on our show, and now we were invited to, to their show. So so it's kind of cool. Real nice. Look forward to uh, checking that out and seeing you guys with your guitars doing some riffs. It should be fun. So you'll post in the comments later where folks can find that show so that they can. Mm -hmm. Is it video as well as audio? Uh, no, I, I don't think they use video, actually. They, they, they focus more on audio. He's an audiophile, the guy running it. So he's really particular with, with the sound, but he really don't care for visuals. A bit like you, Julian. Not, not a visual <laughs> guy, more into audio. Visual. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Audio far superior. Yep. All right. So I, I was on, uh, what was it, Rewind with Tim Durling this week just to talk about the book. You guys did your episode on the book. Daniel, the answer to your question, why is yeah. the back cover of this book so shit? <laughs> I didn't because, say it was shit. Because, uh, this, is, because this is so awesome, the front. Yeah. I had nothing I could compete with on the back. I'm like out of steam at the end. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put the hype blurb on the back and be done with it. Um, yeah, no, that, that that is why. So um, okay. I ran out of steam. I did have a photo that I wanted to license as well, but I then decided I didn't want to have anything distract from the cover because the cover was just so spectacular um, that I felt just put the hype text on and no photograph, no photograph of author that's pretentious as fuck um so <laughs> not, a big, so. not a big headshot on the back come on that'd be great no 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 <laughs> uh tim uh out there thank you nice comments uh very much appreciated yeah you know i i i enjoyed your guys's comments on the the show last week and mark thank you for showing i i do have one because i'm throwing in a few of these in with the uh orders that i'm doing i finally got my book order of paperback so i've got uh signed copies up on my website which you can find on the faq but you held up this during your review and this is the genesis this is 2017 um before some other guys started selling books so you know there was a question of whether i had done this to put anyone else to shame and it, it, it most certainly not 
um, I'd been doing these single volumes. This was just a, a good opportunity to expand and use all that visual material that I'd accumulated over the years mm. um, and, and see if I could challenge myself to do a color publication. And, you know, the response has been generally good. So I do want to thank, take the opportunity to thank you guys for your support. I thank everyone out there for their support because it really is critically important, um, you know, when fans do projects, <coughs> we only do them if there's an audience for them. Um, and that comes down to you guys. Yeah, we're, 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 but we're already looking forward to the next one, Julia. No comment. <laughs> I'm never doing this again. Remember? You always say that. You always say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've no It'll idea. be out there. You know it, you fans out there. That will be yeah. doing becoming in a few years, I guess. Yeah, well, we shall see. Uh, yeah. Alan and Per are up next, and they're doing their pre-orders on the next Demons of Rock um, mm. publication, which will be in two volumes. They were on Mike Bruin's show today. Uh, so check that out if you want all the inside information about that project and where to order that. So, Lonnie, welcome. Ken, Thank you. welcome. Good to be back. Uh, you know, anyone had any purchases this week or anyone else got any news what's going on in everyone's lives ken what you bought what did i buy you buy uh, you know what? I, I bought a, a van halen you know, anyone get their picture that, book? that's about it um, the, the rufus black and white photo uh oh no i saw that, in people's uh mailboxes hopefully not folded like, like my <laughs> Like <laughs> all right uh, let's mark well, i was just gonna say i, I i've been I, I know you'll be pleased julian to hear that i've been buying uh the aerosmith reissues on d of late big aerosmith guy the aerosmith records yeah you know they got toys in the attic room oh yeah the reissues yeah they they put capital records as the label Hmm. Yeah, so all I, of them are show Capitol Records. Yeah, I refuse to buy it because of that. And why would I? I I've got the original CDs. I don't need them. I've got the 20-bit masters, uh, and there's no bonus tracks. But let's talk Kiss. All right. Uh, good day to, to Paul in Australia. Wolf of Nature, welcome back. Nick, um, Nick, what's a Kiss book topic that you guys think should come out? Let's go to the audience today for our first topic, um, because then it's not about me or Alan and Burr, you know, what's a topic that you'd really like to read a book about? Um, Lonnie. Mm. Revenge. Well, obviously, <laughs> but I think, I think a, a book detailing the reunion tour would be very cool. And the details leading up to the reunion tour and the fall apart afterwards those five years like 95 or 2000 i guess that's six years of what went into leading up to what became the you know number one band in the world again and then how it history repeated itself and it fell apart i think what would be that's it's something that's not really explored that often we always talk about the beginnings of kiss and things like that but i think that time frame would be would be very very interesting if it was done correctly I like that. Mark, what about you? Well, you, you know me. I, I'm, I'm a big uh, gear guy and I'm a big, uh, you know, studio guy. So th I know this is probably difficult for Kiss to do because 
I mean, I don't know how many pictures they actually took when they did this stuff, but I'd, be, I'd love to have a book on the gear used throughout the years on various records and, you know, what they used for, you know, what did Paul use to record uh, for Dress to Kill or what did Paul use as an amp for, you know, Rock and Roll Over or stuff like that or, you know, more detail about the actual sessions themselves, you know, like, you know, any tips and tricks and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of artists are starting to do this. There's a great Beatles book on the recording techniques of the Beatles. There's one Frank Zappa did on all his gear and stuff like that. So they, those are books out there. I mean, whether Kiss could do one or not, I'd love it though if they did. I'd be the first in line to buy that. Yep. Great ideas and getting some good ones from the audience as well. Um, you know, Ken, what about you? you? You've read a lot of books over the years and you've been here since the 70s. So you've seen every book pretty much come and go. I read The Cat in the Hat and a couple others. <laughs> um, you know, actually, actually, Julian, if you watched uh, our show last week, we did talk about this a little bit. Um, uh, <laughs> I did watch the show. Okay, well, I did. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a bit Mark, later. Mark and I were on the same wavelength. Yeah, Mark and I were on the same wavelength and uh, regarding, you know, the recording history uh, in the studio type, you know, kiss in the studio, call it, or something like that. But, you know, have the details about how they recorded things, you know, uh, background of the, the songs, and then also about uh the, like mark said the instruments that they they use for on each song and and uh who played what would be nice you know because we never seem to get everything straight about all that you know you know gene didn't play bass every time sometimes he played rhythm guitar or whatever or didn't play at all and or someone else uh, so it'd be nice to have all that information of uh, all the recorded music uh, the sessions and that sort of thing now, Daniel, you've got a book coming out in Scandinavia by Carl and uh, Alex. So yeah. um, you're, you're very spoiled out there. What, what would you like to still see? Well, I think Ken came up with a great idea last episode, and that was having Julian Gill, you know, writing a book about the dynasty period more in detail in order to, you know, have the soul albums that you've written about <laughs> dynasty unmasked than the elder book then you have like a continuation through all four books that would be great so i'm just uh putting that out there uh, other than that i would like to see a continuation of ken sharp's great book you know from 72 to 75 kiss uh if yeah nothing to lose if you if he somehow could could make a follow-up to that one would be awesome because that was such a great book uh and uh Last time I mentioned Nico, you know, the, the the guy behind Strike magazine in the 90s. He has a lot of a lot of great photos from, you know, from, I guess, the mid 80s uh, uh, and onwards. So something from him would be great as well. I know he's working on something. He's we'll scanning see. in all his photos yeah, at the moment. Yeah. So hopefully. hopefully hopefully that's just not for his own personal enjoyments, you know, Um <laughs> You know, I just, those... I, just, I just have to mention that um, we all love kiss books here. So I'm just so glad that people take their time because I don't know how, how many years you spend on this book, Julian. But for me, it took, you know, you read it in three or four days because you can't put it down. It's so, so great. So we do understand all the work that goes into this one. It's such a great book. So I... I tip my hat to every guy or, or girl who writes 
a kiss book uh, especially detailed as this one i think it's it's a great piece of work mm-hmm. well thanks and i and i think you na- you nailed it right there a kiss girl i think we need some books from that side of the equation on the kiss army you know to bring in fresh perspectives. I mean, there, there are so many things. I, I love that idea, you know, of Ken Sharp continuing that story because I did mock up artwork for it and started, you know, just combing through everything that he had published to put together quotes to see if that could be a starting point to do something similar. And I called it Gods of Thunder, 1976 to 78. And mm-hmm. I cut it off before... Um, I think I, I cut it off uh, at the uh, what was it Tom Tom Snyder, um, mm. so it just went into a little bit of seventy nine, just ends on laughter. But uh, you know th- there are there are so many angles and perspectives to still explore. But I, I really want to see other people bringing new perspectives, new styles, and it is more difficult than it often seems. I mean, it may seem that I, I drop a book every year. Uh, you know, a lot of the books are just updates. You know, the On Tours is an encyclopedia. It gets a new edition nearly every year. That thing took a couple of years, um, you know, primary focus. The Aerosmith one uh, that I'm, I'm still on the fence about, you know, going on decades uh, with no end in sight. So, you know, who, who the hell knows? So, yeah, good good topic. If anyone else who's watching live has a you know a topic that you want to throw in the hat as well, it's as much our show as yours. But let's jump into one of the topics from the board this week. Um, and one of the ones I liked was what was a past kiss opportunity of any kind that you screwed up? How nice! It's all about you screwing something up when it's an opportunity with Kiss rather than Kiss screwing up an opportunity for you. Uh, Daniel, have you ever screwed up an opportunity when it comes to this band we love? I think it's it's a, such a different perspective for me being from the north of Sweden and you being from, from, from the States and Canada. I mean, you have a lot of opportunities to go to, to concerts and expos and conventions. That's not the case for me. So... Uh, every time I've had an opportunity, I've, I've taken it. I, I've seen them live. I, I've, I've went to stuff uh, as much as I, 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 I had the possibility of doing. But one thing I missed with just about 25 days was a gig that I really wanted to see. It was actually one of the last gigs Kiss did in Europe without the makeup. It was when they went over to the UK in 92 and they played... Not that many shows, but they, I think they played one or two nights uh, at Wembley. And I was in London like 25 days after that. I just wish I wouldn't have spent the money. It was sort of a language course. You went over, I was like 14, 15 years old. You went over and lived with a family. And, and we mostly we played golf, but we, we had to go to school some hours of the day as well. But uh, if I'd t- t- I should have taken that money and went a, a month earlier. But I guess I wasn't really ready to, to go by myself. I didn't have a lot of, you know, a KISS community around me like we have now uh, with you guys and, you know, the rest of the KISS army. It's such a, you know, such a difference. Uh, so so I would have liked to see that. Now, Lonnie, we know about your fiasco with revenge. Sure. What's, what's yeah. another KISS opportunity that you screwed up? There are more. And <laughs> there are more. And it really, 
I was thinking about this question, and it really goes to 2000, where I saw them in May of 2000 in Peoria, Illinois, which is about three hours from my house. And then they came to St. Louis in August of 2000, the show, famous show where Ace took you know the top of his costume off. But they played a little city called Carbondale, Illinois, which is about two hours from here on September 1st, 2000. Why the hell did I not go to that? So that's you? Southern uh, Illinois University? Yes, that's a, yes. And then they also played in Champaign, Illinois, on October 1st at University of Illinois' campus. On October 1st, I mean, two more shows of the original lineup, three hours from my house. What the hell was I thinking that I didn't go to those? I mean, granted, I was 21 years old, um, but that's no excuse. That That is... <clears throat> That's something that could really haunt me if I if I think about it too much. I try not to. Um, those are definitely missed opportunities of the original band playing that close to me, and I, for whatever reason, didn't go. All right, Ken. Um, the only thing I can think of is my chance. I probably could have. I didn't know about it or wasn't aware of it at the time. But in 77, when uh, Kiss played, uh, actually, it would have been, the anniversary would have been, what, yesterday? Or the day before? Uh, the, whatever. The, yeah, yesterday. The, it was on Elvis's, uh, the day Elvis died, that is, um, in 77. Um, and I didn't know about it at the time. And I was just kind of just getting into Kiss at the time. Uh, but if I would have known about that, I probably would have tried to have gone there. Um, I don't think I had my license, you know, driver's license yet. Now. <laughs> uh, mother would let me go all the way down over to San Francisco to see them. But I think uh, the other thing related to that is if I would have maybe gotten into them a little earlier and, and and paid more attention to and not blown them off, you know, a year or two before when my friend showed me the first album. Um, and I kind of blew that off. So it, it got, you know, I got into the band a year or two later uh, afterwards. So that, that, that would be the only, uh, you know, the only thing. The only other thing is, uh, the, you know, a $500 uh, Kiss pinball machine that I, I could have bought. No. Uh, I passed up one for twelve hundred dollars too. That was really dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I understand. So yeah, it's something I should have. I was like, man, I just fork it over and buy the darn thing. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> back then. That wasn't much, and that was probably mm, late eighties. I want to say something like that. But uh, that's about it. Everything else, I pretty much, you know, I got to see what I wanted. You know, did what I wanted to do with as far as kiss. Uh, you know, seeing them and, and other stuff like that. All right, Mark. Tell us about your regrets. Well, much like Daniel, believe it or not, uh, Kiss doesn't come to Canada as much as you would think. I mean, they they tour the U.S. a lot, and they tour Europe, you know, not often, but they do a lot of the U.S., but we, we don't get much here. And when we do, you know, 
I've I've made an effort to go see them, obviously, because I do like them. But there is one regret that I do have. And now in retrospect, thinking about it, it's it's really really kind of foolish that I didn't do this. Uh, back in 96, when they did the reunion, uh, I had gotten tickets for Toronto, which was August 6th at the Sky Dome at that time, which it was called. And uh, But before that, in July, I was in New York City with me and my band. We were there to talk to some record people over there. And as we were walking down, they were playing those four consecutive nights in July there at Madison Square Garden. And the other guitar player in my band, he was a huge Kiss guy, like way bigger than me. And he had like his whole living room. Like, okay, he was, he had like a, like a common law wife and he had the unmasking plaque in his dining room, in his living room, sorry, over the fireplace hung. He had Kiss like Ace Freely with the smoking guitar in his living room. Like his wife had absolutely zero say about the decoration of the house because of him. So that's how diehard a Kiss are they, guy are, are they still married? <laughs> Uh, not anymore. But they were together. But they, but they were, but they were together for like about seventeen, eighteen years. But you know, he 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 didn't care about whether she wanted it there or not. He was that big a Kiss fan. Uh, so, but he was he wanted to go, and and I was like, I don't know. For some reason, we just thought it wasn't a good idea to go. And in retrospect, I think that was a really stupid idea. Well, the the first two shows already at that time were pretty much sold out. I think. But there was somebody who was with us, like a guide guy who was from the label, who said, actually, I think that there's tickets available for the third night or something, if you guys want to go. And for whatever reason, I don't know if we were just hung over in the morning or whatever, we just said, nah, forget it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see them anyway in August. What the fuck? Who cares? You know? So, But in retrospect, I probably should have went and seen them in their hometown at least once. So that was a mistake. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I did make the trek to New York City to see them at Madison Square Garden in 2019, and I have said what a lame ass crowd it was. Um, so yeah, there ain't no uh, Toronto crowd, let me tell you that. But I do think the reunion tour, there there was so much hype and excitement, yeah. different animal different than uh, than 25 years later. So um, yeah, you screwed up, man. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not Mark. Will you have Will you have another regret? Are you going to see them in a few months? Or yeah, don't another make another regret. regret. In In November, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. planning on it. I'm planning on it. All right, all right. He's on the fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, regrets. I've had a few. Again, <laughs> too few to mention. <laughs> my 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 life is full of missed kiss opportunities and i really don't want the ptsd of reliving them so uh nice topic let's move on Um, another topic from the board is uh 24 years ago tonight when this was posted detroit rock city opened in theaters did you go and see detroit rock city in the, the movie theater or if you didn't have you seen any kiss theatrical um, masterpiece on the big screen, Daniel. No, I remember watching. Do they, it with do my they have friends. any theaters where you are? <laughs> yes, they have theaters over here. We do have a shot at you know, shot at, wow, you just have know. to get the, uh, the, the polar bears out of the way before yeah. you, ah, okay. there, you drive know. in uh, for yeah. your sleighs, yeah. you know, kill a rain there and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I haven't. I haven't really seen any Kiss in the theater. But I remember watching the movie when it uh, was shown on t- Swedish tele- television, and 
I re I already knew it was gonna you know kind of be a snoozer, uh, and I remember I think. I, I, I never rewatched it. I, I think I've only seen it once. Maybe I should give it another shot. I don't know. Let's see what you guys say. But but I don't remember a lot from the movie. I remember they they do naming, you know, the 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 cougar uh, Beth or something. I thought it was so so bad. And then they played Beth in the background. I mean, cheesy as hell. Uh, and I guess it was. One of Edward wasn't Edward Furlong one of the yeah. boys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess that was one of his yeah. last sort of big roles. He, he, yeah, I thought he would become a great actor, but it kind of fizzled out. I think he got into drugs and stuff. Um, so I, I never watched it in the theaters, and I, I, as I recall it, it was a really bad movie. Uh, but I, I might have to rewatch it. It, it can be kind of kind of fun to see now. Yeah, I watched the director's cut. Uh, okay, there's a director's cut. Yeah. Wow. Did you actually read one? Wow. <laughs> Deleted <laughs> scenes. Don't wow. It did not improve the experience for Damn me. It. Trust me on that. Okay. Um, Lonnie, did you go to the cinema? He did. Of course. <laughs> of course. I went opening night. I it was playing theater real close to the house. Okay. So, how many people were there with you? If I said 10, I might be lying that that's too many. I mean, I walked in thinking, man, this is going to be so great. So excited. I got my kiss shirt on. I had a kiss hat on the whole shooting, <laughs> the whole shooting match, you know, I walk in there and this place is just empty. And, I, and there's, but there, but here, there were people there, two of the people that were in there, two of the, maybe six other people that were in there had their freaking faces painted. So they, Looked like bigger fools than me. <laughs> what the hell? Really? I swear. Wow. <coughs> so, yeah. That's worse than so, Star Trek films. So it was very, it was very humbling experience for, for <laughs> me, and I'm and I'm sure for the other people as well. Like, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the movie? Simpson going back into the bushes? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I liked the movie. You know, I was. It's 1999, so I'm probably, I don't know, 19 or 20 years old when it comes out. So I'm, you know, at that age, I like just about anything they put out. You know, they could put out Kiss Dog Shit at Spencer's and I would have went and bought it or something. You know what I mean? Really? I mean, we know oh, what yeah. you have there in the, <laughs> don't, the closets. Don't, don't, give, <laughs> don't, give Gene any, don't give Gene any ideas. But uh... I, um, but, hey, but, he'll, but, he'll send you Kiss branded laxatives and Kiss branded shit. Hmm. If I send him money, he will. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's, it's good though. I still, I haven't watched it in several years at this point, but I still think it's fun. It's fun enough for, you know, a, a movie in, in that vein. I, is it better than Kiss Meets the Fam of the Park? I mean, maybe that's a poll for the FAQ, which is, which is better than <laughs> Phantom or Pretty Short Rock City there. It, it'd be a coin flip, but it's, but they're both fun in their own right. I don't think it would be anything near that, Lonnie, because really? Kiss Meets the Phantom is part of so many people's childhoods. Okay, and everything okay. looks rosier when you're looking back in time rather than and trying to... I guess that's to... why I like it. I was 19 when it came out. Yeah, yeah you're just a Sorry child. To just a Sorry to interrupt you. Okay. <laughs> All right, Ken. Yeah, it was similar to Lonnie's experience. So, <laughs> so you went? <laughs> I did go. I okay. went to the theater. Guilty? Guilty. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's probably about like yeah, there wasn't many people there. Yeah, I know that. There's <laughs> hardly anybody. It's pretty empty. Um, uh, no one in kiss makeup though. Um, mm. You know, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, you know, I thought it was an okay movie. Uh, the best parts of the movie are the you know the the beginning of the movie and probably the ending of the movie. So the beginning where they have the intro, uh, you know, with the graphics and playing I Stole Your Love and, and all that, that, that's really cool beginning to the movie. And then the ending, of course, then playing live. Um, Just about everything in between. In between is like, it's okay. It's, I mean, it was all right. Like, like uh, it's a B type movie. Um, it's not going to get any awards or anything like that. <coughs> you know, it was kind of, it's, it's fun from that sense. But uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, I was there. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, well, the other thing is it, it made me realize that, you know, you know, people don't really care about Kiss that much. <laughs> you know, not, not as many as I thought, you know, would maybe uh, care about it and, and be at the, be at the, you know, the show. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've I, joked before that we're the biggest cult band members ever. You know, fans. Lonnie, I, I I agree with with Ken. It made me feel that way too. That well, maybe maybe not as many people care about this band as I do because <laughs> here I had just seen them. It's ninety nine. They didn't play here on on the Psycho Circus tour, but I'd seen them like you know in ninety six and ninety seven. The full houses and arenas. You know, like the first one that had sold out just immediately. And, you know, in my mind, I think, well, you know, everybody loves Kiss. I mean, think how many people got shut out of going to that show. And this is only a couple of years later. No. It's like, maybe not as many people are as passionate about this. Maybe not passionate, but just even so, care. So so I, can I tell you my experience? Please. Please, my, please do. My, 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 my experience is this. And, and, I, and I'll, I'll say that uh, the same guy who I was in New York with the, the band member guy, he, he, like I said, he's a huge fan. And he was just a nervous wreck the opening night. He's like, we got to go. We got to hurry up. We got to get tickets and stuff. And I was like, dude, I'm telling you, it's not going to sell out. Okay. It's like, no, man, this is Kiss, man. It's a Kiss movie. He, he lived in his own world. Okay. When we got there and got the tickets, the guy who gave us the tickets, the ticket guy, we, 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 he were like, we need four tickets to kiss. And he was like, yeah, no problem, dude. He was like, so relaxed. Like, you have, don't worry, man. You got lots of time. So already when he said that, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be brutal. We went in there. It was us four and one other guy. One other guy was in the theater. And I looked at my friend. I go, you see? I go, you have nothing to worry about. And he was so disheartened when when he saw that there was absolutely nobody there. And I told him, I go, dude, we're kind of like a lost relic here in this already at that time you know i go people don't want to see kiss in a movie i don't know what you're thinking dude you know nobody wants to see a kiss movie okay people want to listen to kiss records maybe and if you go to a concert but they don't want to go to a movie but i'll say this that was not the most humiliating movie that i've ever been to and and in retrospect it's interesting because i went to see opening night of star trek first contact now in comparison that was jammed to the gills. People were standing in the in the in the in the aisleways for that movie. Okay, you could barely get a seat in there. But it was absolutely. I, I felt so ashamed to be a Star Trek fan at that point because 
there were so many people in there dressed up in the uniforms and the outfits and but it was but you know what was ridiculous every time one of the characters would come on screen like you know like a Riker the first the number one guy he would come up and start talking captain blah blah and whoever was dressed as him in the audience would stand up and they would start cheering they would stand up and show their uniform they're complete dorks in this in this <laughs> cinema i couldn't believe it i felt so ashamed i was like covering my head and like wanted to get the hell out of there but that, that was the most embarrassing movie i've ever been to in my life i'd never go to a star trek movie after that no. Okay. I think they I, would have a bigger, greater chance now of, of, of making a movie that would be kind of successful, uh, you know, through Netflix or something. Much like, yeah, because I, I really enjoy the Queen movie that a few years back. Well, know, they are going to do a Netflix. Uh, yeah, they've, they've talked about it a right? long time. Are, are, are they? See. Because Netflix has been shit canning projects left and right yeah, you never while know. putting up its pricing. And look at how the uh, Casablanca story did, even with Kiss being used in all of the promos. So I, I wouldn't yeah, be too yeah, sure about that. I think they could could no. <laughs> do a pretty good movie on on you know Kiss's history. Yeah, I I don't I don't see it. I think I really you don't see do. it happening. No, I really do think that we are actually in a cult, um, hmm. and and I'm I'm not going to be that delusional. <laughs> I did not go to the cinema for anything to do with Kiss ever. Um, Simply because what? I couldn't oh, really bring I couldn't bring myself to go to the cinema for anything to do with Kiss. Not even Vegas. I didn't want to see. I wasn't. I was in Vegas. So what do I need to go to the cinema for? I oh, there you go. Well, I was yeah, standing by true. the helicopter. So <laughs> it's like I've already been there. I saw it in 3D uh, with with real surround sound. Hmm. Um, no, I didn't want to go and see it. I saw the trailer um, like a, a couple weeks before when I was at another movie. I'm like, I'm not going to this. There's going to be one person in that cinema, and I don't want to be seen going into a cinema sitting with one other person because that's just going to be creepy as hell yes it um, is. yeah so i did not go i had no desire um i didn't see i i didn't see it in the cinemas i waited until it was on vhs and then i waited until it was on dvd uh, <laughs> i just had no interest in it whatsoever which which is a shame i do i regret missing all of these in the cinema i think i probably missed the uh and someone mentioned it i think kissology had one night in the cinema or something that yeah. would have been cool to see those shows on the big screen but i don't think the sound would have been optimized but it would have been that would have been fun to see any anything from kissology or any of those shows now in the better forms that you know are now available on a big screen would be absolutely awesome you, you know the best related sound. the best best kiss related thing that ever went to dvd was the scooby-doo thing that by far was probably the best thing that they ever were involved with they got a lot of new fans yeah that movie yeah it's a good it's a good movie yeah yeah i've watched that thing one time and that was more than enough it's fun yeah but it's better than detroit rock city yeah, I've actually you have a, a a copy of the Detroit Rock City uh, VHS, which is actually sealed by the rental store because it's got a rental store sticker on it and had never been used. So it was a rental that had never been rented. So, wow. all right, oh, man. let's dig into an, another topic from the board here. Um, all right, name a Kiss vinyl that is your crown jewel. 
if you look into your collection today or that you've had at any time in your life that has been a part of your collection, what was the crown jewel in vinyl in your collection, Daniel, and why? Well, I've, I've never been really into vinyl because when I became a Kiss fan, vinyl was the last thing you wanted. You couldn't, you know, could buy any vinyl for a few bucks um, and people were into CDs and I never really got into vinyl after that but but i do have some from from the early days and i remember um i think i've told this story before but i, I remember i heard all hell's breaking loose and i had no idea which album it, it was from so i had my mom call you know the record stores and having them go through every kiss album reading the titles off the back of the album until they found lick it up and all hell's breaking loose I said that's the one, and then she, she she ordered it for me, and I got it. So I still have that copy. It's kind of special since my mom isn't alive anymore, and so on. That's a fond memory I, I have from her. She she really wanted me to have that record. My crown jewel, though I didn't recognize it as such at the time, and fucking sold it like an idiot, and I've been searching ever since to replace it because I have regrets. <laughs> was the seven inch UK EMI Flaming Youth EP, four track, white label only, and I fucking sold it. And I would pay mm. probably a thousand bucks to get that back now. <laughs> um, complete regrets. I don't have much vinyl left now. I think I've got the originals too. I've had everything, uh, you know, all the promos. Um, obviously I owned Stanley the Parrot at one point though that's an acetate and not technically vinyl. So, um, you know, I've, I've had, a, I've been lucky to have a lot of things in my hands, but again, it's always about the hunt for me and the kill and not the trophy, except for the Flaming Youth EP, which I want the trophy. Um, Lonnie. Um, it's gotta be an original, I have an original pressing of Destroyer signed by Gene Paul Ace Peter. It's gotta be that. And it might be one of my favorite pieces I own, period, just because of what Destroyer meant to me growing up. And it's signed by the original four. I mean, I have Sonic Boom signed by, and I know Sonic Boom's a more rare piece of vinyl than a blue label Destroyer is. Um, and I have my Sonic Boom is signed by Gene Paul, Eric, and Tommy. And that's pretty cool, too. But Destroyer being what it is and what it meant to the band, signed by the original four, um, that's, my, that's my crown jewel. Mark, it's not um, destroyer. No. I, I was trying not to say that during this episode. <laughs> you notice how, how polite I was during Lonnie's discussion. Mm. I didn't. I didn't shake my head. I didn't roll my eyes. I didn't say. I, I gave him yeah, Lonnie we full know what props. You're thinking, full props for his you know value of that record, and, and I think it's fantastic. He has it's signed by all the members. I'm very happy for Lonnie. Uh, mm. For for me. Um, I think my, I have a couple things I kind of find as my crown jewel things. Uh, one, I have a really, really great pressing of Alive. And I believe it's one that I bought from Julian, actually. And it's has a, it's side A was cut by Alan Zenz. And the other three sides are done by Robert Ludwig. And it's a, one of the best sounding Alives I've ever owned in my life. And I have like, 16 versions of that album in my collection and that was a couple of good ones there but that one by far 
is the best sounding one. So thank you, Julian, for that one. Uh, the other one that I really enjoy is something that Ken gave me uh, a while back, and that was the solo albums in that solo album box that because he had one that got that was a damaged dinged corner or something was wrong with it, yeah, yeah. and uh, we made a trade, and I got that from him, and. I really love that one, colored vinyl, and it's really nice. And I, I thank Ken very much for that. And the other piece that, believe it or not, is is a crown piece in my collection, and I I proudly display it uh, over here, is my gold record that oh. Julian sent me of Destroyer <clears throat> on the wall there. That was funny. You're a good so, sport. You're a good sport. Still up. A little... Oh yeah, it's that's it, that's right over my that's keyboard. So Whenever I need inspiration to to write something, and I'm coming up with a piano piece, I just take a look at that and remember that I have a gold record in my house now, a Kiss one that was sent by my good friend Julian Gill. Thank you. Nice, thank you, Mark. Uh, all right, did I, did I get everyone? No. Did I forget Ken? <laughs> no. Ken. You didn't get me. No. No, Ken. Ken. Yeah. Yeah, what? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, it's a it's, tie. Is it a tie? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a tie. A, it's, it's a tie. It's a draw. It's a draw. <laughs> no, no, it, it, alive too. Uh, which was misprint. First, first thing I, I, no, no, I do have the alive two misprint. Yes, I have actually two alive two misprints. Mexico one, as well. One is Mexico. Yeah, the U.S. and I the Mexico. Um, I Everyone mean, I can say it was all misprinted. Yeah, I mean, I can say because I have every promo version of. I mean, I really love the first Kiss album. You know, white label promo. You know, with the sticker on it. I have the Hotter Than Hell promo, Distress to Kill promo. You know, it goes on. I'm like a promo collector, basically, of vinyl. Do but do you have an elder promo? Uh, no, well, that's that's a tricky one. There, you say other <laughs> promo. It's a cut corner one. They think it might be a promo. I had if that's a promo, then maybe I have one. Maybe, um, but pretty much everything else. Um, but the yeah, I mean that was my first album live too, and that's kind of my that's you know one that I would never get rid of. Um, you know, all the other ones I probably I you know I could eventually. Give it a I would always keep that one, which I did because I did lose, you know, uh, or traded in my vinyl for CDs back in the, you know, early 90s or late 80s or whatever it was. Um, unfortunately, I did that, but I recollected. Uh, but, you know, live two, I did not did not trade away. You know what? On Gene Simmons auctions this week are available today is uh, a copy of Creatures of the Night. That he sent to his mother. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. So, talk wow. about a cool piece of vinyl if you're so inclined to. Uh, Going to be expensive. Yeah. No, he's had he's had a few pieces of vinyl up there so far. Yeah, I've seen uh, them. Yeah. You know, and some have been ruined with the autographs. So opinions vary on the value of an autograph and what it does to sure. a rare rare item. So there's no right or wrong answer. It's all down to what you, your your personal preferences are. Obviously, I make it clear that I don't much care for it, but um, yeah. yeah you know, don't forget to check out Gene's site because I guess you just never know what they may dig up and put on that site. You know, know. A, a lot of great <clears throat> suggestions, you know, coming from our audience. Thank you uh, for chiming in with those. And a lot of it seems to run the sentimental 
gamut as well, which I guess um, is, is what makes it. Mark, please. I got I got a question actually for Lonnie. Mm. Um, oh, here we go. Now, Back am I taking questions? <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, I'd very much like this answered. Uh, so it's, I, I know that we are talking about vinyl in this topic here, but I'm going to guess, and I want to know if this is the case, that I would suspect that your most valuable kiss possession are the tattoos on your legs oh, and the autographs, legs, isn't, yeah. isn't it? My legs, yeah, they're they're pretty valuable to me. Yeah, um, I was gonna say that that's probably the most. <laughs> wouldn't, you, but wouldn't you say honestly that's probably your most your most valuable kiss? It's the cool. Thing? It's the it's the coolest thing I have. I think it's the most. It's the biggest conversation starter that I own. I think. Because um, you have everybody, I, don't you? I do have everybody. Everybody except for Eric Carr and, and Mark St. John. No, okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's that's. I don't know. That's pretty. It's it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Um, it's different, you know, absolutely. And, and of course, for for, a, for as a fellow tattoo person, I have to know how how much care did you have to do during the day to make sure that none of that smudged before you got to the tattoo shop. Well, that's interesting, Mark, because. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> for the most part, like I like I met Paul Stanley at an, at one of the stupid art gallery things, <laughs> and I went. Don't like art, right? Yeah, that's great, isn't it? And I went right away. I got I got the Paul Stanley like within an hour or two. Hmm. But like Gene, Gene and Tommy signed my leg in um, Sarnia. Um, Ontario in, in 09. Oof, and, it's a long drive. Well, yeah, it was a long drive. And then I spent the night at this shady Ontario hotel, shady Sarnia hotel. <laughs> There's such thing as a shady Sarnia hotel. I found mm. it and uh, drove to Detroit for the show in Windsor the next day and and, and got those two tattooed. That was that was weird. I was really scared to sleep that night because it was July and I didn't want to be sweating and you know, yeah, you know, shit like that. So that that was weird. Um, yeah, that and then Peter Chris, I met him at a a thing in Chicago. He just did a signing, and like I had that tattooed like immediately too. And then cool. Vinny Julian was there, and I got Vinny, and I got Vinny, you know, within a couple hours also. Or no, the next day because Vinny was so late that Friday night that I had to wait till the next day, and I stood in line for like eight damn hours the next day because of those lines. <laughs> and I'm like, when I get out of this line, I still got to go get the tattoo. So it was, that was a little stressful time. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a question for Julian that, that a guy asked me today, and he wondered what happened to the KISS FAQ Facebook page. Oh, I killed, I've killed all the pages that I had on uh, on Facebook because fucking meta makes it so unmanageable that you can only do things um, by logging in as a profile. And it was really becoming invasive and a pain in the ass when you've got an Aerosmith one, a uh, Def Leppard one, a uh, Mask yeah. Hysteria one, and you're getting all these notifications. And every time you read one, it logs you in as that and makes you open yeah. the meta app. So I just shit canned all of them. Um, and I've recreated a KISS FAQ group, which anyone can join. That'll be less maintenance for me. I, Why join? 
have no interest in spending my life fucking around with people's technology that is designed by interns with no real life experience. Fuck them. Um, that's not how my workflow works. My workflow is bare minimum. And Angry once you man. start making no, once you start like making guy yelling at a cloud, <laughs> you start making me waste my time. <laughs> yeah, so go and join the new Kiss FAQ. Yeah. If you miss the old one, there's a there's a new version. So there you go, Daniel. Daniel yeah. mops it up nicely. There, there you go. Good work. Excellent. Yes. No, it, it's it's less a pain in the ass. So. Um, Let's move on to, to another topic that is less triggering for me. Um, <laughs> there was a really good time. I enjoyed this topic. And I, again, I don't read a lot on the FAQ, but this one uh, I did actually respond to as well, which is, as a KISS fan, do you feel you missed out on not seeing KISS in the 1970s, which excludes Ken from the conversation? Uh, but... Does, but oh yeah okay but um it was you know, i mean it was november of 79 i saw them uh you know dynasty it's still 70s yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah it was 70 um but yeah but like i said in earlier when i was talking about earlier i i wish i had seen the 77 one at the kyle palace but that's about it yeah yeah uh, uh, half face the rest yeah. of you guys nine, uh, nine inch nails is going in my mind right now uh lonnie <laughs> What, what's you know, your take on that subject? I do. I, I do feel like I, I missed out on on seeing them in their heyday. I really do. Um, as I can remember standing in my my parents' kitchen, like summer of 96, after I had seen them um, on the reunion tour, telling my mom and dad, like, I was well, 17 years old. I said, I wish I was 37. And that means <laughs> I would have been about 17 in about 1976, 1977. And I could have seen them at their rise and in their heyday. I said, I really, as, as much, as, I was, just couldn't stop talking about that whole summer after I saw them. What the hell's going on around here? And <laughs> I, um, <laughs> yeah. What the? I actually was screwing with Julian's playing around. My dad's like, don't ever wish you were 20 years older than what you are. But, you know, and he's got a point, but I, I do, I, I wish I could have seen them at their rise. I think as much as I am a fan, as much as I've seen them, I think I really missed being able to see them in their infancy and, and at their rise to stardom. Even creatures, right? Yeah. Yep. Daniel. Of course, who wouldn't have liked to see the 77 tour? I mean, that's their heyday. Uh, but it's hard to, you know, I wasn't even born. Or maybe I was just born somewhere around there. Uh, so, uh, uh, but it isn't over yet. And I know Julian loves this idea. Time travel. In 10 more years, I think you can <laughs> go and me? watch the Love Gun tour. <laughs> all over again with oh. ace peter and ace on stage you know i had a colleague uh, during the summer vacation who went to stockholm and saw the you know the avatars abba, abba, abba. and their avatars and she was blown away by by the show yeah. and that's now just imagine 10 or 20 years you can go and see love gun that's tour <laughs> creatures tour Dynasty. No, so I'm looking no, forward no. to that. <laughs> no. 
What about trivia? Ba- what about you know what would be so no, bad? No, it's about not the same. You know, it's going to be it's going yeah. to look exactly like Gene Simmons drooling blood in '77 Houston, the exact uh, an exact copy, and then it's gonna blow your mind, and you're all <sighs> going to be there. No, you'll see. Maybe anything's possible. Uh, Nick just raised a, a really good thing about Gene. Uh, I'm surprised at the Hollywood Bowl show. I have no idea, but I'm there as well. So we'll find out. All right, Mark. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, I'd want to go and see them in the 70s. I mean, a lot of my favorite bootleg concerts that I have uh, are from the 70s. You know, I've mentioned before, like the Houston 76 show is cool. All the 77 shows are great. And I didn't realize this until not too long ago. And, uh, and I don't know why I didn't know this earlier, but my sister who gets, you know, mentioned quite often on this podcast, my older sister, I didn't realize that she actually did see Kiss in 77. Oh. Uh, she she did go and see them. So I was like, really? And she goes, yeah. She said, that her, you know, she didn't tell the parents, of course. She went with her friends Uh-oh. and they went to Toronto. To, I think it was Maple Leaf Gardens. I think it was there, she said. I don't remember, but she said that she saw them and that... Uh, it was fantastic, you know. So, and of course, you know, my my introduction to Kiss came through my sister. She had all those records, and she bought me alive, and blah 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 blah. So, but yeah, of course, I'd love to see them. I mean, th- if I could pick something to go see that I have on video, I would I would love to go see Winterland seventy yeah. the seventy five oh, show my. because that that one is such well, a great great performance. They're so. They're still like really driving for that success at that time, and mainly because I think Peter was really at his one of his peak performance times was that that time period. I just read an article written by Ronnie Lundell, you know, the chief editor of the Scandinavian uh, or the mm-hmm. Swedish fan magazine, and it was you know he's like an expert on, on uh, winter on um, what's the name of the Coventry. Uh, Coventry, yeah, the Coventry popcorn. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and it is written uh-huh. like you're there. It's it's like un- written as a novel almost, the, 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 the <laughs> article. So you follow a guy walking into a bar, you know, looking to have a beer or two, and he sees this band and he's, you know, taken aback. It's a really well-written article. And I hope Julian will write some articles for, for, for that magazine as you I'm writing one. I'm working on one. Ah, oh, nice, perfect. I'm Very not nice. rushing. I'm not rushing though, because I'm still no, in recovery. Have... Lonnie, did I yeah. get you? You did. Okay. Um, my answer, and can I, I'll, I'll get you last because you were there in the '70s. Was yeah. How the hell else can you understand the energy, the smell, the 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 shared experience in the crowd for something that you weren't there to? And I've overcompensated from it you know, for it in a variety of ways and, and just joining the, you know, the, the club late, there's no way to go back and ever feel that energy and to feel a part of something. And uh, someone really commented on that as well. Um, yeah. The Opal Ar- Archive put that comment up again. No, nothing can ever convey what it was like to be a fan and to be in that audience, to experience the excitement of these albums coming out um, and to have the ignorance of not knowing anything about the band the mystery was still there it was all still fresh it was all still new so no nothing nothing can compare 
to the original. And it's a double-edged sword because it's magnified in those fans' mind to this day in many cases that everything is unrealistic because nothing can ever match that majesty um, and, and the awesomeness of all those albums coming out and experiencing it all together for the first time. So, you know, that, that's almost why I, I didn't care about the reunion because in my mind, it could never really be again what it was originally and it was always going to be a, an attempt that wouldn't measure up in people's minds to what it was. Now, Ken, you were there, you know, mm -hmm. in the 70s. You were there at least for for Vegas Kiss. Yeah, uh, you know, and getting into 77 and not knowing what they looked like, it was, it was exciting, you know, wondering, you know, who are these guys? They, they were like superheroes to me. They really were that, you know, superheroes that played, you know, great music um mm. and put on a great show and and then you know looking at that center open gatefold of alive too it's like gosh you know you just you know your wheels would turn in the brain you know think oh man what a, you know i can't wait to you know get and you know see see them in concert and and then you know finally being there uh, for the first concert the excitement of that with the makeup, you know, on Dynasty, and uh, it was just a real, real exciting time. And it was just, you know, and it was still that mystery, you know, even going back and looking at all the, you know, getting the old albums and looking at all those old pictures, magazines that were coming out or wore out, um, and then all the way up through Creatures, you know, they were still, still there, you know, still exciting for me. And seeing all that until and then they finally took the makeup off and that yeah that changed that did change things and then seeing them in '96 on a reunion it wasn't for me it was great it was great but it wasn't as exciting as you know that first thing because you know I, we knew who they were we knew uh, where they you know what they looked like without makeup but by that time you know of course from the 80s and then the 90s there's no mystery there anymore. So it was a different feeling about that concert versus me seeing them in you know '79 on Dynasty. Now, do you do you, you you saw Creatures three times, and so you didn't bail out on them and skip it like so many I other a lot of other original fans had given up on them. Don checked out. Uh, yeah, yeah, they checked out and they missed that. So. Mm -hmm. what's what what's your read on that i mean can you know a lot of these people who've been to I, hundreds of shows who checked yeah. out and didn't see creatures are they real kiss fans <laughs> um, maybe not i mean there was yeah there was some i think it's partly due to the fans that were there before before they made it big or, you know before they really made it big before they started merchandising and all that stuff they you know they didn't like that their band had changed uh from what they were you know live era and all that kind of stuff i think once they hit uh destroyer and you know some of the fans they probably lost at that time you know they kind of like you know with beth and that sort of stuff i think some of the fans were oh, i don't know they tried to keep, stay with them and then the solo albums happened and then they lost some more, you know, uh, fans there. And then by the time 
dynasty unmasked the elder those a lot of those original fans you know dropped off the, the, you know there's a lot that stayed but there's a lot they lost to at the same time and uh, i was one that came in at that time and i experienced all the different kinds of stuff i liked what i was seeing uh, i i liked the other stuff i liked the elder even so th- that's why i kept you know i kept on with them now I, you know I kept, dropped off Ken, one question I'm curious to ask you, since you were actually there, in the documentary, the KISS one, uh, they were saying how during the Dynasty tour that they were starting to see a lot of families coming with young kids. Did you see that Mm. when you were there, the Dynasty? Yeah, I did see a lot of um, younger kids at that. I knew, I thought it was kind of peculiar in in some ways. And then I thought, well, you know, there's... (laughs) They got the kiss dolls out and and other stuff, you know, that are aimed towards kids. You know, they kiss color forms for, you know, that kind of stuff, which is for yeah. little kids. Um, so yeah, I thought it was kind of weird in a way, uh, but maybe not so much. I just thought that it's just, hey, you know, the more the merrier. You know, if if they're getting into kiss, I knew it's a great thing. Uh, if they're liking it, then, you know. That's that's all all good, and all of those fans probably when they were kids at that time moved on and kept and probably stayed, uh, became a fan then and and probably stayed with uh, Kiss. You know, maybe not, but uh, I, I think a lot of them stayed. Well, let's go to the flip side of that question uh, from the mighty Welshman. Um, the flip side is: Do original fans not? just not get how great the 1980s kiss was because they'd already blown their wad in the 70s um i couldn't imagine being more of a fan than i was in the 80s and i certainly kind of echo that sentiment as someone who became a fan in the 80s i became a fan of kiss not knowing that they were the band that wore makeup in the 70s I've told the story. I didn't make the connection between what I experienced in early 79 after moving to America and seeing those guys in their mom's tights and tinfoil up on stage miming to Black Diamond a Deuce. That was, I had no connection between that memory and what I saw on MTV with Who Wants to Be Lonely uh, All Night and Tears Are Falling, thinking that is cool as fuck, Paul Stanley swinging from a goddamn vine um, and that BC Rich Warlock and Eric Carr and Volcano. I was mesmerized by that magic. Um, So to me, that is a a big moment for me personally as someone experiencing the Paul Lind Halloween special. And people will say that's apples and oranges. No, they're both apples, but they're apples in different time periods um, Mm -hmm. dependent on the consumer. So Lonnie, as a younger fan as well, do you see that side of things? that originals fans can't appreciate the eighties as much as us who are younger. I get it. I mean, I, I think that's, um, you know, an interesting thought. I, and I think that's, you know, why a lot of people checked out and some people didn't check back in until 96, um, where, you know, that's not my kiss. My kiss wears the makeup. My kiss is Gene Paul ace and peter and you know and there's still that fraction of the fan base out there that that's not my kiss and i guess i can relate to that too and like you know i talk about guns and roses a lot on this show um i never saw the chinese democracy version of guns and roses with with buckethead and 
and DJ Ashba <laughs> and, and, and people like that. That was, you know, and I had never seen them up until that point. Like, I'm not going to go see that. That's not what I want. That's not what I grew up on. If I go to that, I'm going to be disappointed. So, yeah, I can totally see that, you know, and I, when, but when we got better back together with Slash and Duff, yeah, I'm in, going, don't care. Um, so I, I, I can see that, that. And then did I not appreciate Chinese Democracy because of that? I don't know. I, I don't mind those songs, but I can totally see how a Kiss fan would have checked out after just say Dynasty or after Unmasked because, well, that's not my band anymore. That's what, what they're doing. I don't agree. Kiss is a buffet. Um, Kiss is yeah. anything you want for it sure. to be. Kiss can be whatever you're in the mood for. That's the marvelous thing about Kiss, that there is no definition of what a real fucking Kiss fan is, because that's just stupid and inane when it comes to any band in the first place. So, you know, but I, I do think a lot of the originals fans do look down on that period um, because of blue thongs and and Buffon hairdos <laughs> or wigs. Daniel, younger fan. Yeah, it's been said a it's been said a thousand times, but it's all about you know the entry point when you when you start when you become a fan. Uh, I also remember watching that Tears of Falling video, and I can watch it, it to this day and think it looks pretty cool. You know the effect when he turns around there in the beginning and watches the girl, still awesome, <laughs> moving around on stage looks cool. And I think the stage set that they built for that video is pretty cool to this day. But but I don't mind 80s cheese. But as you said, there's so many variations of Kiss. Of course, it must have been real hard to go from, you know, Love Gun, Destroyer. Um, and then just a few years later, it's such a short amount of time. You get Unmasked and The Elder. Of course, it must have been a turnoff for, for many fans. Uh, such a diff almost a completely different band uh, and then of course the big thing with taking off the makeup which in hindsight maybe saved the band but it must have been a tough pill to swallow for a lot of fans uh, uh, so I do understand what I, what I do think is kind of mind-boggling is that there are fans that um, I mean I, I still think we as 80s fans still see that the 70 the material in the 70s might be stronger but fans like you know Jer chris jericho and that drummer on on um, what's the name Charlie Bernate? no i'm thinking of the drummer on that podcast you you've been on that podcast um uh kiss he does 20 minutes each week the the main guy your 20 minutes kiss fix what's the was on it a week ago yeah, what's the name of that? Podcast Rock City. Yeah, Podcast Rock City. You know, there's a drummer guy there. Oh, yeah, Joey Casada. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He and Jericho, they prefer the 80s material. Uh, I mean, they think that's the strongest period of Kiss when it comes to the music. And I don't agree with that. But it's, you know, th there's something for everyone. Yeah, it's weird. And I, I was reading the New York Times uh, review of the Elvis documentary, uh, Elvis 68 Comeback Special. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a, a line in there about Tom, uh, Colonel Parker took Elvis and took something that was dangerous and made him safe and consumer friendly, which is exactly yeah. what Bill O'Coin did. But they're two different products of the same, pa uh, you know, two different packaging of the same 
you know, uh, ingredients. Mark, we won't keep you up much longer, but what's your take on that as, <laughs> yeah. as, the one, uh, as someone else who's a younger fan? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love the 80s Kiss. I mean, but the first thing I got, one of the first things I got was the Lick It Up 7-inch that came out. And my one of my favorite records, like my number two of all time is, is, is Asylum. So uh, I'm all in on the 80s Kiss and... Uh, that's one thing I wish I would have been able to see, you know, was going to a show during that time period, because, yeah. I mean, they they were really trying to win back their fan base at that time. They were going crazy, you know, running around like nuts. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the tempos were a little bit faster than they were before, but still, I mean, it was a good show. And, uh, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen that. I mean, that that's I have no problems with the 80s Kiss stuff at all. I mean, I mean, I, I think you really nailed it on the head there, Julian, when you said that uh, there's something for everybody with this band, you know? I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody says out there that their favorite, you know, period of Kiss was animalized with Mark St. John, you know? Or somebody, because I've, I've even said too that one of my favorite live versions of Kiss was when they were doing the, the farewell tour with Eric Singer on drums with Ace was still yeah. with them. That's one of my favorite lineups of the band live for sure. You know, and there there so, are fans on the FAQ who became yeah. fans because of Sonic Boom and Tommy and Eric are the only members of Kiss that they know in that makeup. Right. Yeah, Psycho so Circus was made a whole lot of new fans actually. So again, there is no right or wrong answer because it's all highly individual. Uh, we're not going to have time to get to some of these other questions. I mean, Aerosmith and Kiss was like Kiss and Motley Crue. Um, you know, in terms of the dynamics, the kiss going on before Aerosmith completely sucked all the air out of the room um, <laughs> before Aerosmith hit the stage. So uh, it was a bit like Motley Crue did to Kiss in 2012 when Motley was doing freaking whirly bird upside down drum shit and marching processions down the aisle and, you know, before Kiss mm. hit the stage, yeah. so it was a, it was a similar dynamic to that, but we'll have to you know put some of those topics off until another time because right now we are out of time and this is the end because it's bedtime for Mark. Mark <laughs> it is out there. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you give me the opportunity, Mark. I'm going with it. All right, so this uh, we'll, we, we do thank you all for joining us and you know coming in with some of the good comments and topic suggestions that we've been able to talk about today. But for now, from Daniel, from Mark, Lonnie, Ken, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final; there are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.